Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Welcome to Hot Off The Wire, a daily podcast that looks at the top news, business, sports, and entertainment stories as reported by the Associated Press. I'm Terry Lipschutz, Senior Producer for Elite Enterprises and your Curator of News. Be sure to subscribe to Hot Off The Wire through Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss daily news updates. And now, the latest headlines. This Sunday, most of the U.S. will get an extra hour of sleep with the return of Standard Time. This coming Sunday, the clocks are turned back one hour at 2 a.m. for the parts of the U.S. that had observed daylight saving time. Sleep expert Dr. Phyllis Z at Northwestern University School of Medicine says the time change could mess up your internal clock. Things like, you know, attention, uh, being able to have uh, multitasking, for example, which you can normally maybe do, that could be impacted during this transition. Z says having standard time all year round would be better for the body. Your clocks are gonna be more aligned with each other and therefore you're gonna decrease your, your, your risk of having all these negative you know, health issues. Z says chronic sleep deprivation can increase levels of stress hormones that boost heart rate and blood pressure and chemicals that trigger inflammation. I'm Donna Water. The nation's employers scaled back their hiring in October with 150,000 jobs added. While the jobs numbers suggest a slowdown in hiring, Mark Hamrick, who's the senior economic analyst at Bankrate.com, says, let's not forget about the auto workers who are on strike. If you add back in the 30,000 or so jobs that uh, were subtracted from this total because of the auto worker strikes, you essentially get to where that forecast was. So it's hard to say if this is the start of that downward trend the Fed has been looking for. If we see further moderation in the job market, further down revisions and the payrolls numbers, that tells us that that very hot Q3 GDP number is not likely to be sustained. The unemployment rate ticked up from 3.8 to 3.9 percent in October. I'm Shelley Adler. Fewer U.S. teens are vaping this year, according to a new U.S. report. About 10 percent of high school students say they used electronic cigarettes in the previous month. That's down from about 14 percent last year. Fewer high schoolers were using tobacco products like cigarettes and cigars, too. But vape usage among middle schoolers remained about the same at around 5 percent. That's according to an annual survey of about 22,000 students by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Among teens who currently vape, about a quarter said they use them every day. Health officials believe a number of factors could be driving the decline, including rising prices and efforts to limit sales by raising the legal age to 21. I'm Jennifer King. Communities affected by America's opioid epidemic are starting to receive their share of $50 billion in legal settlements. Most of that money comes with a requirement that it be used to address overdoses and prevent more deaths. Hancock County, Ohio has a comprehensive system focused on treatment and recovery. Corey Kinn is the on-staff coordinator for Focus Recovery Home. Our main goal was to bridge the gap after treatment because after they get out of jail or prison and they start treatment 
And then when everything's said and done, then what do you do? Some of the programs in the county, a needle exchange program and a drug court where people can avoid jail if they work on recovery. Officials say after 28 overdose deaths from all drugs in 2022, Hancock County has just three confirmed overdose deaths and five suspected ones so far this year. I'm Donna Water. American identity is deeply grounded in the belief that everyone, no matter who they are, is entitled to certain rights and liberties. But what happens when one of those freedoms, a nearly unfettered right to own guns, upends a calculus that safeguards others? A team of AP reporters traveled across the country in an attempt to find out how the freedoms Americans cherish can be protected when the threat of mass shootings, neighborhood violence, and self-harm casts such a long shadow. Their reporting, titled Freedom Under Fire, captures the rising tension between two beliefs. To many Americans, gun violence feels like a growing threat to some of the freedoms that give meaning to everyday life. To many of their fellow Americans, equally wary of menace, the right to guns is an essential means of protecting precious liberties. With friction mounting, many are struggling for answers. Anybody who follows the news in the U.S. knows that mass shootings, unfortunately, are not new. But having so many of them happen in such a compressed period of time forces you to think about things in a new way, to pay attention in a different kind of way. That's AP reporter Adam Geller. The one thing that really jumped out at us was that all of the victims in these shootings were just trying to pursue the small joys that make life in the U.S. worth living. It went well beyond being for guns or against guns. It was more this sense that, is there anything people can do or any place they can be where the threat of shooting isn't an unfortunate reality? The reporting took months and began with a deep examination of the data. The first thing we noticed uh, was that, you know, during the first half of this year, we had a record number of mass killings in the U.S. Beyond that, though, when you look at the number of Americans who die in shootings each year, that has gone up more than 20 percent in the pandemic years. And in 2021, about 49,000 Americans died of shootings. And we started looking at, you know, how those people died. Mass shootings get the attention, but they're still a relatively rare event. It was all the other kinds of shootings, the people killed in street violence, domestic abuse victims, people killed in accidents, suicides. And it was that full breath of shooting deaths that really spoke to us and said that there was something we needed to do. Parsing through the data was one thing, finding victims and families of victims of gun violence and gaining their trust to speak freely about their traumatic experiences presented a bigger reporting challenge. This is a subject that people feel really intensely about. And we were asking people to talk not just really about guns, but really about their lives and how they felt exposed in some way. And that is not an easy thing to ask somebody to do. One person who did speak to the AP was Janet Paulson. It was about 6.45, it started to get dark, and I pulled into my garage. As I went to grab the door handle to get out of the car, I glanced in my side view mirror and I saw him leaning against the garage wall, only about three feet from me, and he was cocking a gun. And I heard pop, 
pop, pop. AP Legal Affairs writer Mary Claire Dale interviewed Paulson. She went to the court during a time that she was trying to leave a, a troubled marriage. Her husband had more than 70 guns in their home. She got a protection order. In Georgia, that does not come with a gun surrender. But in fact, her husband violated the order. So a few days later, there was a gun surrender order. So police went and removed 70 guns from the home. But because the policies really vary from place to place, and they're not cut and dry, the sheriff's deputies, according to Janet, did not believe they had the right to look in his vehicle that was in the driveway, where he was known to also keep a weapon. So five days later, her husband ambushed her in the garage. Uh, he had moved out by then, but she had moved back in with the kids. And, you know, he ambushed her in the garage and shot her six times before taking his own life. Janet did survive. Uh, she is partially paralyzed. And she believes that, you know, it's her mission now to work really hard on this issue and try to keep as many women and family members as well safe. I'm always looking for somebody to pull a gun and start shooting. You know, it, it seems illogical. But once you, it's happened to you, it's like your brain becomes, you know, rewired to look for that danger everywhere you go. And I have to believe that one day there's going to be more of us that have been affected by gun violence than those of us that haven't. That's more and more the kinds of conversations we had in pursuing these stories. One of the things that stays with you, and I'm not diminishing the way that the families of victims feel by any stretch, because that's what people often see. Beyond that is what you hear from people on the edge of the violence, people who were supposed to be in a certain setting, but maybe kept their kid home from school or were late that day or whatever it was. And it's that sense that it could have been me, that sense of jeopardy, of threat, of looking over their shoulders, of where is it going to be okay? And that was really unsettling. I'm Jaime Hogin, reporting on the story behind the AP story. For more on Freedom Under Fire, go to apnews.com. A new football helmet is the latest step in Gallaudet University's long history of advancing technology for the deaf and hard of hearing, and it could have far-reaching impacts off the field. Ordinarily during a practice, Bison coach Chuck Goldstein would be in the huddle, making sure his players know the play call. Instead, he recently stood on the sideline, holding an iPad loaded with his play playbook and hitting a button that sent the call over a 5G network to a tiny screen in quarterback Brandon Washington's helmet. And he just received the play and he's like, flex, 212 switch, ready? And then he would just go. Nearly two years after starting to develop the helmet with AT&T, Gallaudet used it in a game this month, its first win of the season. I'm happy. Washington was named Conference Player of the Week. It makes me want to cry a little bit because knowing that like we are a deaf community. People really think that we can't play sports or whatever. And we proved them wrong. Assistant coach Shelby Bean played four years at Gallaudet, a private school in Washington for the deaf and hard of hearing. We go through a lot of challenges and you know we try our best to level the playing field 
in any way possible. This is one way. I'm pretty jealous. I wish I had it when I played. Innovation's nothing new at Gallaudet, from video phones that led to FaceTime to the football field. Nearly 130 years ago, quarterback Paul Hubbard revolutionized the game. Created the football huddle, like this huddle you see every day at every level of football, you know, Gallaudet created that. For offensive lineman John Scarborough. Gallaudet University is really the center of the deaf community. Speaking in American Sign Language through an interpreter, Scarborough says it's only fitting. Gallaudet is again stepping toward history. Usually that first step leads you to a huge milestone down the road. And, um, you know, I'm sure that my guys on the left and the right are proud of the history that we, we were able to make and the potential impact that we're going to have on millions of deaf people, you know, deaf kids around the world. Goldstein says it might happen on the field. I've already had several kids or actually coaches and parents reach out about how could they get this technology for their kids in high school. Um, so being a deaf or hard of hearing kid in a mainstream hearing school, this is a no-brainer game changer. But it's the potential in other areas that excites AT&T's Corey Anthony. And firefighters, other professions where the ability to communicate is critical to what they do and at times they're not able to do it via sound. At the Rochester Institute of Technology, Gary Beam wonders through an interpreter if the visual technology could replace walkie-talkies at places like construction sites. You have somebody working up on the second floor and they're deaf, hearing folks maybe on the first floor trying to get their attention. Sports has a profound ripple effect within society. To Bryce Christensen, who was born to deaf parents and runs PXP, a company that works to make sports more inclusive through interpretation. I hope this is a launch pad. I hope it's a springboard into like, let's normalize this. Let's make this commonplace. For now, the video helmet technology will not be common for the Gallaudet football team. An NCAA waiver only allowed it to be used in that one game. Goldstein hopes it'll be approved for full-time use, but if not, it's just another challenge to overcome. We're still going to play football with or without it. As they did at practice days after the helmet's game debut. With blocking sleds and tackling drills. Shelby Bean was coaching special teams on the field where he got married, dreaming of how his beloved Gallaudet and technology will again help the world. There's no cap to it. There's no ceiling this could go anywhere and everywhere. I'm Sagar Megan. Columbia has a hippo problem. I'm Lisa Dwyer. Columbia is making plans to try to control its population of more than 100 hippopotamuses, descendants of animals illegally brought to the country by late drug kingpin Pablo Escobar in the 1980s. The hippos, which spread from Escobar's estate into nearby rivers, have no natural predators in Colombia and have been declared an invasive species. Authorities estimate there are 169 hippos in Colombia, especially in the Magdalena River Basin. And if no measures are taken, there could be 1,000 of them by 2035. Officials say the plan's first stage will be to sterilize 40 hippos per year. Other plans include transferring the hippos to other countries and possibly euthanasia. I'm Lisa Dwyer. I'm Terry Lipschitz, thanking you for listening. Audio provided by the Associated Press. Music is by Skillcell and provided through Pixabay. 
be sure to subscribe to Hot Off The Wire on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss an episode. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.